Okay. Let's see. I think we're live. Yes, now we're live. All right, welcome everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. This is the UFC 234 uh, post-fight special. Let's do this, shall we? Some people complain that it blows their eardrums out, but what do we want me to do? I mean, I can't fix everything. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. As always, please like the video as you can see here. No, this one. Subscribe to the channel below. And then if any uh, donation, we'll get an automatic question answered. I obviously appreciate um, anything you guys can do. So thank you so much, not just for watching, but for your donations, for your subscriptions. I'm like one or two away from 70,000. My goal is 100,000 this year. So uh, if you can get me to 70 this month, it would be really, really helpful. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, UFC 234 is in the books. If you don't want spoilers, now is your chance to get going because we're about to get to it now. Although I will put all the results in the description box below. I will make sure that there's some space so they don't pop right up at the very top of them. Uh, a couple of news and notes to get to if you're looking for any kind of 30-day um, free trial of, my, of, of SiriusXM to hear my radio show. There's a link in the description box. Any way to contact me is in the description box. Social media description box. Anything you need to know to get like get in touch with me or um, my content, it's in the description box. And last but certainly not least, if you're ever in D.C., uh, go check out the Beta Academy in uh, the corner of 14th and Florida Northwest. It's run by Pedro Sauer Black Belt. Um, it is my gym, although I don't really go right now. But it is my gym, and there's many good people that go there. It's great training, Muay Thai, strength and conditioning. BJJ and the whole nine. So go give that a look. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to these results uh, if we can, and then we will go through. Let me, I got my dual monitors, so I'll just go to this one right here. Okay. UFC 234. Uh, this took place at the Rod. I think it's Laver. L Laver. Yeah. Right. I think as I was saying, Rod Laver. It's a tennis arena in in Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. Uh, it was on pay-per-view. I mean, what do you want to say about this card? Uh, it was not great, you know. And I know there were some people out there saying initially, like, oh, you know, it's the same tired-ass argument you've been hearing forever. Like, you can never tell if a card's going to be great ahead of time. You kind of can. Now, you can't always do that, but you can do it with a fair degree of regularity. And it's also not the point. Um, look, anyone who makes it to the UFC is worthy of respect. They are professional fighters. They get licensed as professional fighters. And so the example I'm about to make is an exaggerated one, but it helps illustrate the point. You can go down to your local high school or even your local college and see a pretty good game, but it's probably not going to be as good as, like, the Raptors versus the Celtics. Right. Moreover, if I'm going to pay money, I want to pay money for the Raptors versus the Celtics and not so much my high school. I'm not saying UFC fighters or high school level basketball players because it's not quite that true. But there can be a pretty significant drop off from the very creme de la creme from the elite. They don't look the same. The fighters, the fights, the techniques, there's a drop off. So when people are like, you can never judge a fight. It's like, well, you're right. I don't know if those fights are going to be exciting. But I know if I'm going to pay money, I want star power on the card, and this one had very little. Um, we'll get to... Uh, God, do we want to start with the Kelvin Gastelum thing or not? You know what? The fight's just ended. Let's get to uh, Adesanya and Silva, and then we'll talk about Gastelum and 
Whitaker. And then we'll talk about the rest of the card very, very briefly. Okay? All right. Israel Adesanya defeats Anderson Silva. 29-28, unanimous decision. 30-27, 30-27. I scored it 30-27, but I recognize that the second round was pretty close. So I think if you scored it for Silva, there's no problem. What would I say? Um, I would argue that a couple of things. Um, so Silva is, let's see, 43. His birthday is April. So he's about to be 30, excuse me, he's about to be 44. He made his pro debut in 2000. What month? I think May or March of 2000. Uh, June, excuse me. No, wait. Jesus, really? No, he made his pro debut in 1997. What am I saying? But he had his first loss in 2000. In any event, so this guy made his pro debut in the 90s. In the 90s, okay? I was in high school in the 90s. Keep that in mind. And he is out here still doing this. To the point where you watch this fight and pretty clearly uh, Adesanya was the better striker for a lot of reasons. One, he was simply more active. There were, he was just, he just had a, like if you were just sort of measuring activity, a lot of times if two guys are kind of even-ish and one person is simply busier, I don't mean swinging at air, I mean effectively landing, but just kind of having a heavier workload, chances are that, that might be the one to win. Not always, but it's sometimes a decent rubric to go by. And also I thought just his reflexes were a little bit better. I thought he had more weapons. I thought he had better setups. He was just doing a lot more, both in volume and in specificity. On the other hand, this is the point I would like to make about Anderson Silva. It is that he is 43 years old. He made his pro debut in 1997. You have another generation or two that are even more than that, but certainly this all the people from his generation in MMA, they've all either gone or mostly aged out. He is still there. You have the next guys who are not just coming into the sport, but now title ready, and he's still competitive with them. So that is outrageous. That is so incredibly outrageous. That is a phenomenal. It's you know he can't beat these elite guys anymore. I don't think. I mean, I'm not. You don't want to say like uh, in a declarative way he can't beat any of them. But you know, if they're minding their p's and their q's and they're doing what they're supposed to, he can't necessarily win. But I I, I was saying earlier this week on this very YouTube channel from my radio show, that the opportunity that was presented to Israel Adesanya was that he could be the first one to Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva. So if you look back at his career, Silva had been dropped a couple of times. Um, He certainly had been knocked out by Chris Weidman. He'd been outstruck by Michael Bisping. But let's really dig into what those were. The first fight with Chris Weidman, you know, Chris Weidman was doing pretty good things, but it wasn't until Silva was like totally clowning before he got knocked out and that's fine you play you know you play with fire you get burned that's a clear win they do the rematch his leg breaks I have no problem saying that on both those nights Chris Wyman was just either the more prepared or the luckier or the better guy maybe all three um against Nick Diaz obviously Silva won but there's some controversy about that and then against Michael Bisping Michael Bisping outstruck him and I, I I've often thought that Michael Bisping did not get the credit he deserved for that win it was also a tight win but the point was he had this like strategic volume that he was using to win. And that's a perfectly fine way to win. And again, a totally deserving of credit. But what Israel Adesanya presented was somebody who could do the kinds of things that Silva did to, let's say, Forrest Griffin or Vitor Belfort or you name it. 
he had that opportunity to do that to him. And you could say, well, all those other fighters have the opportunity, right? But, like, realistically, who can pull that off? Israel Adesanya could pull that off, again, in theory. Now, it didn't happen that way tonight, although he clearly showed himself to be the better striker. But um, that, that was what we were waiting on. The fact that no one has really done that to him, and he's this far into his career, how many fights now? 30, uh, let's see, 34, 9, and 1. 34, 9, and 1. Dude's nearly 50 fights deep. He's got two boxing fights as well. And they still haven't really done that to him in that kind of a way where not ma- not merely matching the guy strike for strike, but, you know, tricking him as he's like, he's, he's resisting. He's not playing. He's not joking. Um, and they still can't do it to him, man. It's just unbelievable that, that this guy has this kind of longevity. So, um, take that for what it was worth. Okay. So why did Israel won, uh, win rather? As I already mentioned, one was there was just this volume of activity. And again, not the kind of thing where he's just swinging at air and, okay, you're technically busier, but it's not busy work. It's effective work. The leg kicks were really a big uh, uh, a win for him. The variety, the attacks and the teeps and the punches to the body. Early on, there were moments where he was playing with range and timing and then he would go and twist into the clinch he did it to all of his opponents he does that where he'll do boxing range they'll try to move he grabs as they move and then throws the knees and then pushes off and then hits you with a punch and then he's just always changing up the timing he was landing on him a lot in that regard the best weapon for Silva I thought was the check right hook they talked about on the broadcast he didn't really do a whole lot to check the leg kicks in the end it was kind of funny it was like the boxing of Adesanya and the leg kicks were really what won him the fight, kind of like conventional stuff. They were doing all this Matrix stuff, uh, which was fun. It was it was great theatrics. I really enjoyed it. Don't misunderstand me. But it wasn't what won them the fight. It was just that there were more setups by Adesanya. There were more fakes by Adesanya. There were more stance switches, like strategic ones, not the kinds of ones you see in MMA where there's not a whole lot behind it. There was, uh, he was trying to find better angles. He was trying, I mean, it was, and they were, these guys were both really good uh, with their timing, but Adesanya was just a little bit better, both in reaction and then leading. Um, it, would I lead with the left from this left-handed stance? Would I lead with a left to the body from the left-handed stance? Would I fake with the left, then go right to the body from the left-handed stance? Then switch to the right, then go to the leg. I mean, it was just a constant puzzle that you couldn't piece together because all the all the parts didn't seem connected that that's the kind of thing that uh Israel Asanya does you ever seen those like oh here's a here's a portrait of the Sistine Chapel right and it's a it's a thousand or whatever it is the Sistine Chapel but it's like a thousand piece puzzle and all the pieces kind of fit and it takes a while to put it together Israel Asanya likes to do that where it's the Sistine Chapel but you can't really tell what pieces ever go together because nothing ever really connects you know that's the way he that's the way he likes to work and he, he does have some overlapping patterns but not heavily so um and so in the end I, I thought it was it was kind of the conventional stuff set up with complexity variety differentiation good timing but it was fundamentals man it was it's always going to be fundamentals that win attack the base re- reduce their ability to move as i mentioned for silva the um the check hook was nice I thought that was nice. The spinning back kick to the calf. I don't really know what those are. I mean, I guess they keep you all frozen 
So they have a value, but unless you follow up with it afterwards, I don't know what kind of value it really has. A couple of times, Silva tried to catch the kick. Couldn't get a whole lot with that. Um, again, he was able to catch. He was able to corner Adesanya at times, catch him moving backwards a little bit, and then and then anticipating the angle change, catching him at the angle as well. I actually though thought you know what was interesting was Adesanya is really strong in the clinch. I don't mean just physically, but strategically knows where to go. So for example, if you go back and you watch the first Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo fight, what do you really notice? He would go. He would pull him to the left and then dig right to the body. He would dig right to the body, then go left knee to the head. Then he would go one up the gut. Then he would turn and go. And so whatever, <coughs> pardon me, whatever Cejudo was doing to block and cover, uh, he was just picking his poison. He was like, okay, I'll block this. Well, then I'll just create another opening by doing that. And then Johnson would hit it, right? So it was like it was like a whack-a-mole game, but he was the one leading it almost. Um I thought in the clinch they they didn't spend a long enough time to really properly assess this, but it did look to me like Silva was not only physically strong in the clinch, uh, Adesanya too, but um, strategically was really smart about what weapons to choose in that space. Again, going back to the right hand, I don't know what they saw on the tape, I'd have to go back and look, that they thought that there was a vulnerability on the right hand side, but they were catching him with it a few times uh, through the course of that fight. But in the end, man, it's just, um, you know, Adesanya has uh, a really modern, capable skill set. Silva still has pretty good reflexes. Obviously, has good shot selection. It's just not enough. It's just not enough in the end. It's not enough to win, anyway. It's enough to keep respect. It's enough to uh, make you proud. It's enough to do a lot of things, but um, not get the victory. You know, let me. Are there stats up on this yet? I'd be curious to see just who did more uh, in the end. Let me see. I guarantee you, it's just a higher work rate from Adesanya. Here we go. Let's see final results. Actually, UFC.com has it as torch passed. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Do they have it? No, not really. They have live results, but they don't have the. They don't have the. The numbers yet? I, 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 you know what? Let's check that. Let's check that. Let's see what they come up with. I would love to see what Fight Metric has. Um, I would be. Let's see if they have it up. It's asking a lot to get that up in real time. All right, let's see. They do not. Uh, they've got some of it. Let's see. All right. So interesting. Here are the numbers from Fight Metric. Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot more. Exactly what I was talking about, yeah. So Adesanya attempted 132 strikes. Silva only attempted 72. Adesanya landed 65. Silva uh, landed 31. So he landed half the number. Um, in the first round, Adesanya landed 20. Silva landed 6. Second round, they both landed 20. Again, the numbers don't necessarily tell you the whole story, but they're part of the story. And then in the third round, it was a blowout. Adesanya, 25 uh, strikes. Silva, 5. Uh, where did they land? Silva's landed 51% to the head, 25% to the body, 22% to the leg. Listen to this. 41% to the head for Adesanya, 13% to the body, 44% to the leg. In the end, man, it was pretty much that. 
That was the story of the fight. Um, so you could have given a 10-10 round if you wanted to for the second round. You could have given it to Silva. You could I gave it to Adesanya because I thought it was better work, but but that's highly debatable. Uh, overall significant strike percentage landed for Israel Adesanya, 49%, and then Silva, 43 So where does this put Israel Adesanya now that I'm looking at these numbers? Well, as we mentioned, I, thought, I was like, man, this guy's on a rocket ship to the freaking stars. So I kind of thought if he has a really good win here, you know, they're going to give him a title shot uh, because I thought, obviously, there was going to be a Whitaker and Gastelum main event. Now, that got canceled, so what are they going to do? We'll talk about that. I'll get into it now, I guess, but I was, I, it sounds like – here's the one thing I would say. If he had gone in there and just highlight reeled Anderson Silva, we would have a much more complicated scenario to unpack. But because it was competitive and fun and clear, I mean, the right guy won, obviously. I think what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to have an interim title fight between Adesanya and Gastelum. In fact, it was kind of funny to see um, Adesanya's post-fight comments. He's like, Kelvin, take that thing off. Uh, That was kind of funny. Let me pull up Twitter here so I can see if there's any breaking news to get to. That's funny. Uh, la, 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 la. Let's see anything else. Oops, do this. Um, hold on, just one second. There we go. All right. So, uh, we'll come back to the Silva Sanya fight here in just a second. As I mentioned, this side, put those questions in the super chat, and we'll get to it. Oh, here's Connor talking about Kelvin Gastelum uh, on Twitter. Connor McGregor. He says, why is that worm holding the 185-pound belt? There are worms crawling on his skin. It was absolutely ludicrous to even consider allowing him to compete, let alone now walk around the arena shaking our fans' hands. Someone sort this this instant and sterilize that belt immediately. Uh... They're talking about, apparently he had staff. He told Britt Okamoto, I saw the interview myself, he had staff, man. And I guess he took antibiotics, and what he said was that because it was getting better from the antibiotics, the commission was going to let him compete. But that's kind of sketch, man. You know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the answer is there. Obviously, it's not Kelvin Gastelum's fault. These kinds of, I mean, you never know whose fault it is, but probably not his fault, you know. These kinds of things happen, but that's a real weird Way to go about things. Anyway, so what are they going to do about that? Golly, man, can you believe this about Robert Whitaker? They haven't defended that title since uh, November 2017, the middleweight belt, because that was when GSP beat Michael Bisping of MSG. Now, Whitaker was eventually, not gifted, he was the interim champ at the time, but they simply made it official. And the second Yoel Romero fight would have been properly the middleweight title defense but as a consequence of Romero not making weight it wasn't so it wouldn't have counted so it's not like they haven't had that you know real transference of power in the appropriate way dude this is what I'm talking about when I talk about fighters leaving divisions or champ champ fights can we please put a fucking end to these things at least for a little while no one ever defends the second belt they win which is a total nightmare and they end up dropping it in which case there's this like you ever seen the uh the, the women at the wedding where they throw the bouquet behind them and, like, all the single losers who, you know, 
I mean, there's ugly men, there's ugly women, whatever. They're just running for the, the, the bouquet. And, you know, oh, I'll be the next one to get married. It's like, oh, my God, man. It's just this nightmare that creates it. And who's going to be what and interim titles. And it's a mess. It's a mess every time. That's what you have here. So, anyway, I found out, like you guys, from social media that uh, Whitaker was out. I felt terrible for him, 28 years old. The good news is, as I, I mentioned on my pre-fight video, there's still time for him to do a lot of really good work while he's still in his physical prime. Uh, apparently, if things go you know, reasonably according to plan, he could be back in the gym and ready to sort of ramp up things in about a month. It's not some incredibly debilitating injury. And you know, Again, assuming the best-case scenario, which is very possible. Uh, I, I was so bummed because... You know, look, the Gastelum story has value because he was last picked on the Ultimate Fighter. And to go from that to like all the weight cut issues and having to go up a division to now being on the verge of a title, well, you know, winning a title, and then had he won, you know, what a, what a story arc that would have been, yeah? Um, on the other hand, you have the situation with Robert Whitaker, who, you know, who is intentionally like... You know, when I do these interviews on the shows that I have, whether it's, you know, pick up whatever one I'm on, well, not the MMA beat because it's just other journalists, I, I try not to do this, but it ends up just happening where, you know, I'm not having a real conversation with the guest. They know that, I know that, you guys know that. It's like a simulated version of one. And, uh, you know, I try to make it as authentic as possible. It just ends up going that direction. And uh, that's what Whitaker does intentionally because I don't think he enjoys doing media, which I don't fault him for. It probably sucks. But in the end, he is purposely, from a media perspective, when this is on, he's not that interesting. However, when you watch him fight, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's incredible. I was watching some of his highlights today from his Brad Tavares fight. It was just phenomenal. He threw an up kick up the middle, uh, excuse me, a front kick up the middle, and then put a right hand behind it. So, number one... Tavares' defense went this way. Number two, he was blinded for a second. And then he put a left hook behind it. So, you know, you bring the, the defense in to, to, to attack it linearly. And then you have this winding hook around the side after you've blinded them for a second with the right hand. I mean, it's just, just like phenomenal stuff. And we missed all of that. Like, there was no real narrative in the fight, but it was just such a fun fight to contemplate between the hand speed and the combinations and the wrestling ability of Kelvin Gastelum. And now on the other side, you have, uh, you know, Robert Whitaker, who I think is probably one of the best fighters in MMA, certainly in that division. And it was just to lose that was like just devastating, just devastating. I was so bummed by that. I was like, oh. And, you know, to be honest, it was like that and then the Adesanya and um, Silva fight. Those were just beyond compare. But everything else in that card, you know, again, for the outside looking in was not that great. Um, so that was so that was that event. I, I Here's the thing. Everyone is bitter about Kelvin Gastelum walking around with the belt. Now, I'm not here to sign off on it. I didn't find it particularly interesting. But the thing is this, man. You see it with Colby Covington. You see it with Stipe Miocic. Anybody else, really? You see, like, for example, there was this um, presser that they had for this event, for UFC 234 this week. And Dana White's on stage. He's like, yeah, the winner of Silva versus Adesanya. Is, this is the number one contender fight. It's like, these are just words. You know, if it's not in writing, it's not real. I mentioned this on the MMA beat. 
Like, I know it must feel nice to hear that, and it's probably true because it's probably in their interest to do that. And so because it's in their interest to do that, you can believe it that it's likely. But if they decide to change their mind, I mean, Adesanya looked good enough, but let's say he hadn't or something, or there was a controversial stoppage or whatever, they could just change their mind. Like, it's not that, like none of this is actually real. They're just saying those words. Same with Covington. Oh, I'm owed a title shot verbally, not in writing. Oh, you know, Stephen Miocic, Cormier, you owe me one. I think it'd be nice if Daniel fought him, but he doesn't. There's no. There's, there's no O. There's no O there. It's just what you feel should be there. And so, the, getting back to Kelvin Gastelum, so like, why is he doing that, dude? These guys don't have any contractual protections. You know, if Manny Pacquiao loses a fight in all of his contracts, man, he's got a rematch clause. Klitschko, Canelo, Mayweather, anybody who's like an A-lister like that in boxing and who's an A-side like that, a lot of them just have rematch clauses. They can exercise them. None of these guys have anything. Does Kelvin Gastelum have a guaranteed title shot on the line? Nope. Nope. He's walking around with the belt to make some noise. And you can like that gimmick or you can hate that gimmick. I'm not asking you to, to weigh in on it other than to say this is what fighters are going to resort to when they have no other mechanism to guarantee their futures. They're, all they can do is rally enough to the public and management to get them on their side for that. They can't do anything else. And so, as a consequence, here here he is walking around with the belt. And you know, you can say it's hokey or corny or you don't like it or you love it. I I'm not again, I don't I don't I mean I don't really give a shit. It's it doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything for me, but I don't hate it because I recognize what it is. It's fighters who don't have any protections trying to guarantee that Israel Adesanya, this guy surging to the front of this division, who everyone was really interested in, who, by the way, was in the main event tonight, doesn't take his spot. Because if he'd gone there and just, blow, I mean, luckily for him, Adesanya didn't blow the doors off of Silva, but had he done that, oh, shit, man. You know, it would have been a nightmare. It would have been a nightmare for him. He would never have gotten that. Um, or, you know, would have seriously impacted his chances. So I didn't like the belt thing either, but I get it completely. This is what happens when these guys don't have protections. You know, I want to see MMA management. You know, they, they look, they have a tough job, and it must be hard to get these provisions put in there. Otherwise, it would be in there by now. But the first manager, has there ever been a UFC fighter with a rematch clause, even Connor? To my knowledge, no. First manager who gets that in there, I'm buying that fucker a shot at the bar. Because that is a guy who has pulled, or lady, whoever, has pulled their weight. That is a big deal. That's a very big deal. And you don't see any of that. Here's what you do see. Guys putting belts around their shoulder to, uh, you know, to secure a future. And that's a real unfortunate way to go about it. But when you have nothing else, what are you supposed to do? So keep that in mind. Uh, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. I always appreciate that. Uh, when you do. Let's see here. Make sure everything's running all smooth-like. Yes, it is. Okay, very good. Um, let's see. Let's keep it going here on this UFC 234 stuff about Israel Adesanya. So let's keep it here. Adesanya. Uh, now, here has been his run in MMA. He is still undefeated. Uh, in the UFC, he fought one, two, three, four times in the year. He beat Rob Wilkinson in February of that year. Man, think about this. 
February 11th of 2018, he made his debut in Perth, and he beat Rob Wilkinson. It's the 9th, now the 10th. About a year later, technically a little bit less than a year later, he just beat Anderson Silva. His fifth fight in a year, consider that, uh, in a year's time. Now, not inside 2018, but like from a you know date to date. His fifth fight in a year, and now he's basically probably going to get a title shot. Think about that. That is... I mean, you want to talk about having a bang-up year? I haven't had a year like that in my life, ever. Uh, anyway, Rob Wilkinson, he beat him in the second round, TKO. He decisioned Marvin Vittori. It was split, but I didn't think it was really split. And then he just crushed Brad Tavares in July of that year. Then he beat Derek Brunson, as you guys well know, UFC 230 in November. And then here he is, uh, Anderson Silva, uh, beating him at UFC 234. Man, that is a f- haul. Two fights in Australia, three in the in uh, the United States, and this is one of the better runs you've ever seen in MMA for a non-title fighter at this point. And if you have to think, like, how would a title shot against, or how would a fight against Gastelum go? Well, let's think about that for a second. Gastelum can wrestle his ass off and he can box. However, what is one of his Achilles? I don't think he has the same level of output later as he does earlier. I also don't think he's the same kind of striker as Adesanya. That's not to say he can't land on Adesanya. He probably can. So I would kind of compare it to what it was with Whitaker. What I was thinking that Whitaker was going to do was Whitaker was really good about stance switching, hitting at an angle, and then exiting, and just kind of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at him, uh, maybe locking up with him, kind of wrestling in the clinch a little bit, shoving off, and you know, striking, getting away, just making him work a little bit, bring down the energy, then kind of... Um, when things begin to change in the third and fourth and fifth round, really step on the gas then, really kind of get in his face, really put on the pressure. I wonder if Adesanya might do the same. His takedown defense is really, really good. Um, it's gotten significantly better uh, in the past year. I mean, think about it. A year ago, he was, you know, Rob Wilkinson got him down. Rob Wilkinson couldn't sniff a takedown if they had to fight again. And, uh, and so I think it'll probably go something like that. I guess I would lean Adesanya. Uh, I'd have to think about it a little bit more, but... But yeah, that's probably the way I would go if they end up doing that. And then, when you think about Adesanya versus Whitaker, now that would be highly interesting. But would Whitaker take another fight in the interim? Probably not, but, you know, I mean, you're keeping... I mean, let's think about this. So from February, March, April, so two months in between, uh, May, June, July, three months in between the fights, July, uh, August, September, October, November, so then four... And then December, January, February, so then three. So he's doing two, three, four months apart. So let's say you do three months from now. So that would be um, March, April, May. And then you could do another one three, four months after that, June, July, August. But don't you want to put some of that on International Fight Week? It's going to be complicated how they do all this because of the Whitaker's injury. It's going to be real interesting, man. And if they end up passing over Gastelum, I hope they don't. I think he's earned this. I think, you know, they, they put him in this position. You put it, like, the win over Bisping and then the win over Jacare, you know, that second one was a little dicey. But you put him in this position. If you're going to put the guy in this position, you got to follow that through. You can't just take it away. But they can. They can actually do whatever the fuck they like. So that's where we end up coming to. That's where we end up being. That's what it ends up doing. Um, but I, I guess I would lean, lean Adesanya. But I could see a case where, you know, Gaslam could go in there and put it on him too. And Whitaker, man, Whitaker can beat, Whitaker has this, sort of, again, this modular game to beat just about anybody uh, in that division. And, 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 
you know, the only issue you have with Whitaker is the guy's had some injury issues, man. He's had issues with his hands. He's had issues with knees. He's had just problems. He's had problems. Um, so we're going to have to see. We are going to have to see. Donks. Uh, okay. Let me see here. Be sure to do both of these things, and I will get to it. Do both of these things. Um, by the way, once I hit 100,000, here's the thing, man. If I hit 100,000, I mean, I'm not going to hit it tonight. But once I get to 100,000 subs, I'm going to do, like, all kinds of extra content on here. I'm going to blow this bitch up. But I can't really invest in that space until I have enough of an adequate user base upon which to draw. So that's where you come into play. By the way, I bought a lens today. Oh, fuck. Do I have it here? I got a lens. I got a, uh, which one did I get? The 1224? So I can get a super wide angle. So I'm going to have Raphael back over again. And I have a couch right here in my studio. I haven't even used it yet. And we can, I'm going to mount the TV up on the wall here behind you. Well, not you, but here. And then I'm going to have a thing where uh, we can watch fights and then do reaction, like um, watch parties, like we did before with Othello and uh, Raphael. We're going to do those. I got, I got a lens just for that, and it'll be shot with this kind of quality. It'll be amazing. Let us quickly look at the rest of that card. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, Lando Venata defeating Marcos Mariano. He really needed that win. Lando Venata, he had the camp change, although Greg Jackson was obviously still there. He had the two draws against Bobby Green and Matt Frivola. The, you know, Jakar close was a tough fight. David Tamer, I mean, tough, these, these tough fucking guys he was fighting, my God. Um, and then he had the win over Mac Desi, which was just phenomenal. But he hadn't had a win since uh, 2016, December 2016. So he finally got one. This was I just thought it was smart, right? Body lock, takedown. Um, really smart, but simple, but effective ground and pound. When I say simple, I don't demean it. I mean, like, he wasn't trying to do anything too fancy. It was just smart, good timing, hard, right? And then uh, found himself after passing into uh, north-south. And once you're there, you can pull up behind the elbow, grab, come over. You can separate from the body. Again, you attach. That's the way I was taught. You, you. Here's my Fiji. This is the arm. You attach it to your chest like this. So when you pick up and rotate, rather than trying to like wrestle someone's arm over, if I just bring your arm here and now I attach, you can see it's just easier because I'm attaching it to my torso, right? He does that and then just wrenches that son of a bitch over. And as Dominic Cruz wisely noted, if you step over, you can get Kimuras from uh, half guard. Obviously, it's much easier from side, but if you step over the head, it's a wrap, son. It was just smart. It was just smart. He's talented. It was good to give back on the winning track. I really like that. He called out Jim Miller. Let's do it. So, congrats to Lando Venata. Great performance by him. Uh, Ricky Simone defeating Hani Yaya, 30-27, and then one thirty twenty five across the board. Couldn't Hadi Yaya couldn't get it to the ground, uh, and so Simone basically outstruck him, took him down. Didn't really get in his guard. Properly kneeled. What do you want to say? Uh, Montana De La Rosa defeating Nadia Kassem. Uh, submission of armbar 237 in the second round. Man, uh, that was um, three levels of jiu-jitsu. Survive, defend, attack. And sometimes they get mixed a little bit depending on how things go. But if one person's like constantly surviving and then, you know, leaning into defense, but more so surviving, one person's just attacking, 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 attacking. The attacker is better. Again, you want to be very careful about the fluidity of those levels, but the attacker is better. So how did she do it? A couple times. Uh, let's see. She stood up, did a classic guard pass where you stick the knee. If they have, they have full guard, 
you stick your knee in between their legs like this. And so when you push down and you go down back to the ground, now your knee has driven through like a wedge. And then you can use that to like, you know, drive it through to the other side, which she did. And then once that knee from the wedge drives down to the ground, it just holds everything into place. Uh, it's like an anchor and you can, she tried to pass from there and she did a good job of getting, well, she had the knee go down to the left side and then she took her left hand on the underhook, uh, and stretched them out. That's a fine way to do it depending on who you're, if you're like a real strength differential because you're opening them up like an accordion, but the better way to do it is just with a really hard shoulder pressure, you know, get them to look away, drive that shoulder into it, wrap around the head if it's possible, because then they can't move their neck and their spine which is going to make any kind of knee cut after that a lot easier. She couldn't quite get there. But eventually she just got to triangle, held it, went for some arm bars. Women can be very flexible. They're going to be hard to submit. Um, and was able to rotate back to the top again. I was surprised she never pulled on the back of the head for the triangle. But, you know, she was just, who cares? She was just elbowing her and and then eventually went for it again and got it the second time. So uh, great job by Montana De La Rosa. Really, really textbook stuff. Uh, Jimmy Crute defeating Sam Alvey. What do you want to say? Caught him with the punch coming in. People were all bitter about the ref stoppage. Like, again, if, if you want to let it go, I wouldn't have cried about it. It's not one of those situations. But the reality is, man, it's like, dude, if you're getting banged on and you're just putting your thumb up, like, understand the referees of your fight, if you are fighting, the referee of your fight goes to you before the fight backstage and tells you, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I'm not looking for. You want to keep a fight going if it's in trouble? I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Under no fucking circumstances is he telling him a thumbs up is sufficient. It's like, never. It's never happened. No one's been like, you know what, if you're getting you know drummed on, you just do this, I'll let it ride. Like, that's not how it works. He got dropped and went face forward. Understand, you go face forward versus back, it's always going to be worse, right? The refs are noted that. They want to see how you fall. You fall face forward, they're going to they're gonna say that's a problem. You add to that a little bit of the following, then he kind of gets back up uh, and goes for a takedown, gets reversed like it was nothing, and then he's getting punched. Okay, I don't know how many of the punches got through, but you can't just sit there. They want to see your decision-making in action. You're waiting for your time, I understand, but it's just not... It's like, oh, he wasn't done. Right, he wasn't done, but if you're... It, that's not the issue. The issue is, are you showing enough defensive maneuvering in accordance with the rules, with what your pre-fight instructions were, to merit this continuing? Pretty clearly, No. This is not, it's nothing. It's nothing. Give him the finger next time. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Devontae Smith kind of just runs through Dong Hyung Ma in the first round. Uh, he's got fast hands, good footwork. Uh, Shane Young defeating Austin Arnett, 30-27 across the board. Just great pressure from him. Kai Kara France, that was a bit of a rough one uh, against Howlian or Rowlian Paiva. I don't know how to pronounce it. Split decision. 28, 29, 29, 28, 29, 28. Had a real problem, Cara France did, with the distance of Paiva. And uh, had, just had a hard time angling and then distancing, again, you know, double jabbing to try to get inside. Had a real hard time with it. Uh, Kyung Ho Kang and Teruto Ishihara had a donk fest. But Kyung Ho Kang came out on top with a rear naked choke at 359. Jalen Turner got back to I mean, they gave Jalen Turner Vicente Luque in his deb debut. Just not a good idea. And it didn't go his way. Turns out you bring him back, and he does exactly what he's supposed to against Callan, Kalen Potter. 
at 53 seconds of the first round. Uh, people are like, well, Potter, you know, how good is he? Right. The point is not that uh, he was the best fighter in the UFC. The point is that even if you think he's not the best one, well, what should a good fighter do with somebody who's not the best fighter? They should dispatch him quickly, right? That's exactly what he did. It wasn't like they went three fucking rounds, man. They didn't go a minute. They literally didn't even go a minute. So, again, I'm not reading into this that he's ready for a title shot. What I'm saying is, you know, if you're throwing right hands, changing angles, and then throwing the same punch, but now it's coming from a way you can't see it, dude, that's high-level stuff. He's putting away guys under, under a minute. Let's build on that, but it's a valuable win. And then Jonathan Martinez defeats Wuliji Burin, who had a nice uh, inside trip and outside trip, as Dominic Cruz talked about. But he does it 30-27 uh, twice and then won 29-28. Just a better grappler. It was, it was a well-matched fight, though. All right, let's see what your questions are. Let me go to what we have here. Let's see here. All right. Message retracted. No questions. You to man. Wow, look at that. From Dr. Bo Hightower. Y'all know who Dr. Bo Hightower is? With a hefty sum. He is uh, the guy who is like, um, he's like a, he's more than a chiropractor, but he's also the guy who does all the clicking and popping and all the adjustments over at um, Jackson Wink. He actually helped me out. Ooh, when was that? UFC. Fuck, what was that? That was, uh, was it? Shit, when was that? Oh, that was UFC 229 when Connor fought Habib. He came, in, came over and gave me an adjustment with his like m fucking medieval tools, and it was amazing. So, thank you, sir. Let's see. All right, anyone can sit through great eventful cards like 229 and 232, but only real donks can sit through trash cards <laughs> like this. Thanks, Luke. I aim to please. Can Marty strike with T-Wood if he can't get the takedown? That's a great question, man. I have no fucking idea. I have really run that one through my mind a little bit because he just has this relentless pressure. And I'll say this. If Woodley is moving and firing hard, no. But if he's slowing down and just the pressure from T from uh, Usman is beginning to weigh on him, then, then that could change things. But a fresh Tyron Woodley, no. I don't think so. Uh, people love to write this in the comments. Rip Brian Callen. You gotta be a real fucking loser to think that's funny. Uh, Lincoln Park isn't that bad if you're deaf. Uh, Rob W. Go down as the most untapped potential misfortune champ in MMA. Also, ESPN Plus better have options. Last second sub. Don't know what that means. Call me crazy, but Kelvin Gastelum, this person writes, has a better chance to beat Adesanya than Whitaker. Kelvin Gastelum has a better chance to beat Adesanya than Whitaker. Hmm. Under what... Under what reasons? I'm not saying it's wrong, but I would love to hear an explanation for that. Um, again, I would love to. Again, you might be right. You might very well be right, but I don't know. I don't know. I would love to hear a, an, a defense of that idea. Uh, Luke, no question. Just want to send support from Canada and the Yeah Films team. Love Canada. I do a sh I do a thing on my radio show called the Florida Man Friday Challenge, where we take callers. And my producer reads you a story, and you have to say whether it was a Florida man or not a Florida man. It's like, man was found in park, was arrested because he was kicking swans in the head, and what he said was karate practice. Florida man, not Florida man. Dude, you know who owns that game? I mean, you know who just runs the fucking table with it? The Canadians. The Canadians who call into the show. 
They are just the best. They know our swamp trash better than we do. I salute the, I salute the Canadians. If you need an intern, I know a guy. Email me. I love you, Dad, says John Boswell. Thanks, son. Someone said, if Woodley moves up, is he Izzy's biggest threat? Although Yoel's an Olympian, his MMA wrestling doesn't seem as good as T-Woods to me. If Woodley moves up, if he is his biggest threat. Hmm. I would think that somebody who would be uh, Israel's biggest threat would have good hand speed. Gastelum could be a problem. Good reactive decision making. What you saw, like with Silva, he was just a little flat-footed. And so um, Israel Adesanya was able to take advantage of that. But he would get caught a lot of times uh, hanging out in space. And that was where you know Silva had some good good showings. That's a lot of timing, but speed could help there as well. You would need somebody like that. I don't know if Woodley's that guy. Maybe Woodley can get him down and just beat on him like he did on Darren Till, because you know Woodley has just phenomenal takedowns and takedown defense. So that could be a way. Uh, I would love to see it. Mario Gonzalez says appreciate the content. Thank you, Mario. Greatest fight ever: Bones versus Kane or Connor versus Nick? Bones versus Kane. Always appreciate your analysis, says Michael Greco. Thanks for the great work and for staying up to do these videos. Thank you, guys, because it fucks with my sleep. Someone says, uh, great work tonight. From <laughs> It's the dude who claims to be Harvey Weinstein. From one talented individual to another. Uh, chat is filled with spam. Oh, Jesus. Let's see. I don't know how you get rid of that. Jesus, you're right. Holy fuck. There is a ton of that. A metric ton. Is there any way to get rid of that? Besides just manually going through and trying to fix it? I will try. Jesus Christ, you're right. It is a shit show. Uh, all right. Did you expect more out of Israel? Probably a little bit. Probably a little bit. But in the end, dude, Silva's tricky. Silva's tricky, man. Um... And, you know, two years off. I mean, that was another part. He's like, he came back from two years off and he looked like that. Like, it's not enough to win, but it's not enough to dismiss either. Um, did I expect more out of Israel? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, like, dude, he like he, he tried. He tried. He was out there working. He had, you know, I won't say double the work rate, but he had significantly more than Anderson. Like, he, you just do what you can. And, by the way, fifth fight in a year and that's how he's looking maybe he could be burned out too it could be a lot of factors look like his hand was messed up at the end there as well we're gonna have to figure that out so you know do i think less of him absolutely not could he have done a little bit more maybe but it's a fine win it's a fine look they can't all be the Derek brunson wins that you know there's gonna be there's gonna be some hard wins that aren't always easy to come by even anderson silva has some duds you know they just you know and I, I wouldn't even call that a dud you know what I mean? It was just, it was not up to like, oh my God, you know, he didn't Neo the the Matrix kind of thing. But um, Emerson Silva had straight up terrible fights. It happens. Not everyone can be a barn burner. 
Someone says, thanks for these chats. Missed the live chat. I don't enjoy the radio show as much. All right. It's a little more entertainment than info t- informative, and I understand why. So that's nice for us hardcore fans. Yeah, that is true. Hey, Luke, did you think Adesanya carried Anderson at all? No. He was probably overly cautious, but you could understand why. Like, you don't know when that guy could just find his moment of inspiration, and then everything goes up in a flame. So carried him, no. Maybe overly careful? Maybe. Maybe. What is the difference between what happened to Tony Ferguson compared to Rob? I love Rob, but surely if he keeps not defending, he has to be stripped. We'll see how long he's out, but I don't know if stripped, but they, it seems almost inevitable they're going to create an interim title. Strip Whitaker of his belt, this person writes, and his clothes. Someone says, no question, just love your stuff, my guy. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that. You have no idea how much I appreciate that. How excited are you for what? SW episode nine. What the fuck is that? Um, Niall Flanagan says you got a gift, son. Yes, I've got viewers like you, Niall. Who's next for Izzy? Gotta be Gastelum, probably. Ala Madrid. Love that today. Shoving that one up Danny Segura's ass. That one was, <laughs> you know, Bale gets to a hundred. They beat Atletico at the Wanda Metropolitano, uh, however the fuck you say that stupid-ass stadium, and they moved up past them in the rankings. Now, Barca's still pretty far ahead because, you know, the Madrid season's been kind of shit, but it was, oh, so nice to see that. Luke, you seem to know a lot about Colombia. Eh? That's what happens when you marry one. Someone says, uh, appreciate the work and everything you do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Try disabling links in the chat. All right, let's see what happens if I do that. Let's see. Um, doesn't let me the only thing I can toggle is it says automatically block spam messages but that's not working let me try it again I don't know what to do. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming. I'm trying to go manually here. I I have the settings on to do that. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'll figure it out for next time. Uh, Let's see. True or false? Adesanya becomes champion by the end of 2019. I'll say true. DC will finally beat Jones at heavyweight. I don't even know if they fight. DC will finally beat Jones at heavyweight. I'll say false because I don't even think they fight at heavyweight. Uh, and then you want to check eventually fights Paige Van Zandt. Probably false. What's a fun fight for Anderson in Curitiba? That's a good question. Wow, that's a good question. Um, wow, that's a really... I love that question. Let me think about that. What's a good fight for him in... Uh, let me think about that. Manawa? Jimmy Manawa? I mean, could he make 185? I don't think. Um, Uriah Hall would be a fun one. 
David Branch, something like that, something something along those lines. That's a good question, man, because you would want it to be somebody who would kind of bang with him a little bit. Why not use the ESPN Plus platform for situations like this and gain more subscribers? Well, they've got plenty of content going to ESPN Plus, but the reason why they didn't just change the pay-per-view from the last minute is because they're already pot committed. You can you can do that, but it comes at an incredible cost to the promoter to do that. So they might as well just keep it on pay-per-view. People will buy for Anderson Silva. You won't make nearly what you had expected or whatever, but you're not going to take that much of a hit, and there you go. Do you think Stylebender carried Anderson? I do not. I do not think that. I think Kelvin will use his wrestling to keep it close distance, and his hand speed comes in there, but I said best chance. I think Robert is too similar. Also, you were born in India. Yes, I was born in India. I was born in New Delhi. In 1979, I am old. And I also have my beam and coke. Any more questions, let me know. Get them in, get them in, get them in. That's crazy. Uh, all right. Anything else? No, I think that is it. I am sorry about the spam. I have no idea what the hell that is. I don't have any moderators. So I don't know how to fix that. All right, well, that sucked, but I'll hopefully have a better answer for you next time because that is a... Here, let's try that. Enable slow mode. Maybe that'll slow it down. There we go. It's a little bit better. Yes. That is a little bit better. Ah, see? Put the slow mode on. There you go. Well, that didn't entirely fix the problem, but... Made it a lot better. All right. Whew. Okay. Thanks, Donks. Appreciate you guys watching. Um, MMA Hour is on Monday. I know that we're going to have... We're still working on the guest list, but Cormier is going to be on and some other guests as well. So please tune in for the MMA Hour on MMA Fighting on Monday. Uh, also, my radio show will be there. I think we'll see... I might have Robin Black on in studio on Monday on my radio show, so we'll see. Um, but we got some things to work out. But for sure, Cormier is going to be in the MMA Hour, and we're you know we're, we'll see about some other ones here as well. So um, let me just report some more of these donks. Uh, let's see. Oh, I think there's one more. One more. Nope. There's no question. Just it's a donation. Thank you to anybody who donated. I really appreciate it. Please like the video. Please subscribe. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission with this goddamn YouTube channel. I want to do more and more and more and more stuff. So please help me get there. And I always appreciate anybody who does. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you guys on Monday, either on the air or on YouTube or on the MMA Hour. And until then, ladies and gents, get some